Today, we continue our look at players the Islanders may be interested in acquiring this offseason as we start to look at defensemen. And we take a look at Josh Bailey in our player-by-player -player review of the Islanders roster. What kind of season did Bales have and what is his future with the Islanders? All that and a lot more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got a lot to discuss on today's show, but first, if you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question about something we discussed, a comment on a topic we've gone over on the show, or maybe you've got an idea for something you'd like to hear us discuss on the air, feel free to send us an email. The email address, as always, lockedonislanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date throughout the offseason on all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings from draft previews, free agency, trade rumors, everything that happens to this team up to and including the start of training camp in September, Locked On Islanders will be there. Let's continue our player-by-player -player discussion of the season that was, and today we're going to focus on Josh Bailey. Bailey, uh, hard to believe Bailey is not a kid anymore. He will be 33 years old. By the time the new season starts in October, October 2nd, Bales will be 33, and he's been with the Islanders since 2008, 14 seasons with the New York Islanders for Josh Bailey, and he needs seven more games to reach the magic 1,000-game mark. He scored in... Uh, his career, 176 goals, 555 points, and only 239 penalty minutes. This past year, however, 14 goals, 44 points in 74 games. And you look at the season that was for Josh Bailey. 
clearly Bales got off to a very poor start this year. He was not playing Josh Bailey kind of a, a hockey. We know what Bales is at this stage in his career. He is versatile. He can play a number of different lines, a number of different positions. You need him to play center, he could do it. You need him to play on the wing, he can do it. Uh, he is a pass-first kind of a player. He is not going to shoot the puck all that often. In fact, this year, in 74 games, Josh Bailey had only 87 shots. A little bit more than one shot on goal per game. And he only attempted 156 shots. So only half his shots are actually going on goal. And yet, yet, his shooting percentage this year was a career high 16.1. The plus minus, he was a minus 7 after being a plus 12 a year ago. But Bales seems to alternate plus and minus seasons uh, throughout most of his career. Uh, it's been that way. You go all the way back to 2011, 2012, he was minus, then plus, then minus, then plus, then minus, then plus. It's been that way every year since 2011, 2012, up into and including this past season. So, look, here's the thing about Bales. He could do a little bit of everything. He is going to be out there sometimes on the second power play unit, mostly to set up his teammates. He's not going to score a lot of goals, although two of his 14 goals this year came on the power play. But he did have nine power play assists out of his 30. He can kill penalties occasionally. He did have uh, some shorthanded goals, not this year, but a few in his past. And he is a heady, smart player with the puck. The problem with Bales is that he was very inconsistent this year. And yet, when you look at the final numbers, they're roughly where he's been for most of his career. You go back to 2000, uh, 2019-2020, for example. Bailey had one less point than he did this year in six fewer games, the same number of goals. It's He's roughly in that range where over an 82-game schedule, if he stays healthy, he's going to give you 10 to 15 goals and roughly 40 to 50 points. Now, his best year was 2017-2018 when he had 18 goals and 71 points. Both of those numbers were career highs. Uh, that was the year before Barry Trotz arrived on the scene. But here's the thing. Uh, on a per-game basis, his numbers have fallen off just a little bit each year. Now, Bailey still has another year or two left on this contract with a $5 million a year contract hit. You got to figure that a guy who will be 33 at the end of uh, or at the beginning of this season probably going to start being on the downside of his career. Now, Bailey is not the kind of guy who relies on speed to get the job done. So 
I, I think for a, a guy who plays smart positional hockey to be effective and uses his vision and ability to pass the puck to be effective, he is someone who will probably age well, all things considered. And, you know, one important aspect of Josh Bailey's game that obviously we did not get to see this year was that he raises his level of play in the postseason. Now, look, the slow start, no question. Through 23 games, Josh Bailey had one goal. The fact that he finished the season uh, with 14 shows you that he did indeed pick up his play offensively. And even the, the assist numbers went up in the second half of the season. So, Bales, uh, in April in particular, finished strong. But unfortunately, as we know by then, uh, it was a little too late to help the New York Islanders. So, what does the future hold for Josh Bailey with the Isles? I think we're at the stage of his career where there still could be interest in Josh Bailey if the Islanders want to make a move and trade him. Uh, The fact that there's less time left on this contract of his makes him more tradable. And I think that because you're going to start seeing diminishing returns uh, as he gets older, although, again, I think he'll age fairly well under the circumstances because of the style of play he plays, I think that if they're going to move him the next year, whether it be this offseason or the trade deadline or next offseason at the latest, it would make sense to try to look to trade Josh Bailey at that point if if you're going to do it. Now, Bailey is a great Islander. And I think when you go back after his career is over, you will look at him as more of a great Islander. He's given you 16 and a half minutes a game over the course of his career, his ice time numbers are still the same. You know, 16.53 per game this year. Uh, the only thing we need from Bales a little bit more is consistency. Bailey is, to sum him up, a great complimentary piece. He's not going to be the guy who uh, leads your team in scoring. But he is the kind of guy who helps the guy who leads your team in scoring get the job done and be better. And he can help lead. He's not a vocal leader, but he's a quiet leader, good in the locker room, experienced, and like I said, seven regular season games away from 1,000 for his career. So we'll see what Lou Lamorello does about Josh Bailey this offseason. But I think he could be in play and it should be interesting if he comes back. Bales, to me, is ideal on the third line. But, again, we'll see where Lane Lambert ends up playing him. Could play on the second line, third line, in a pinch the first line, but probably best suited for third or second line duty. We've got a lot more to talk about on today's show. When we come back, we'll look at some of the defensemen that the Islanders have been rumored to be interested in acquiring during this offseason. We'll talk about Jacob Chikrin of the Arizona Coyotes. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. 
This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You could save time and money when using Rock Auto, so why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and they've got everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NHL playoff game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So we continue looking at some of the players that the Islanders uh, are interested in acquiring. The last couple of shows we talked about forwards like Kevin Fiala and like uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. Now we're going to look at a defenseman, Jacob Chikrin. Chikrin, uh, born in Boca Raton, Florida, and he is 20. Four years old, won't turn 25 till next March. Former first-round pick of the Coyotes, has spent all six years of his NHL career in Arizona. And look, we know the Coyotes are not contending now and probably not going to be contending anytime soon. What you get from Chikrin if you choose to acquire him is a guy who could skate well with the puck, a guy who can uh, pass the puck well, help you out on the power play at times, and really kind of give you a little bit more ability to skate the puck and pass the puck out of the zone to make the transition from defense to offense. He is not the best player in his own zone, which may not make him an ideal fit for the Islanders' system. It certainly was, in my mind, a reason that under Barry Trotz, they probably didn't look at Chikrin as a great fit. He's got good size. He's 6'2", 211. He, he is young. Uh, look, he comes from a hockey family. His dad, Jeff Chikrin, played in the NHL. His uncle, Luke Richardson, also had a lengthy NHL career this past year with Arizona. Only 47 games, 7 goals, 21 points. That's a little less than a point every other game. Kind of an offseason for Chikrin last year, 2020-2021, in 56 games. A career-high 18 goals, a career-high 23 assists, and 41 points. So... Here's a player who's probably, you know, just starting to enter his prime now. He would make the Islanders younger. He could replace the skill set that the Islanders lost when Devon Taves and Nick Letty left 
in back-to-back -back years. And replacing that skill set is a very important thing for this Islanders team. And you heard me say this several times, that the Islanders clearly, uh, I had no trouble with them signing Zdeno Chara. I like Zdeno Chara. I think he was a useful piece. But the fact that they did not replace Nick Letty's skill set adequately, to me, that was an issue that haunted the Islanders throughout this season. And that if Lou Lamorello wants this team to return to the playoffs and be contenders again, that puck-moving defenseman who maybe can help out on the power play, who will contribute a little bit more offensively. Here's a guy who, in 47 games, had 141 shots on goal. You put him, uh, you know, offensively onto this team, he is somebody who can give you a little bit more juice, and the Islanders lacked that. The transition game, we know, was lacking throughout the year, and I just think that here is a player who would fit in well if he's willing to do the dirty work, so to speak, that would allow him to fit into the Islanders' system, and that may indeed be the, the, the key question that the Islanders have to answer before they acquire Chikrin. Now, what would it cost the Islanders to try to get Chikrin? I'm guessing that, you know, the Coyotes are a team that is still a year or two away, at least, from contention. Uh, they are in sort of a full-scale rebuild mode. And under those circumstances, a young prospect and or a draft pick, depending on the pick, might do it. Would they possibly be interested in a guy like Anthony Bevilier, who's still on the young side and maybe needs a change of scenery to get the most out of his talent? Maybe. Would they happily take a veteran player uh, if, if you want to go that route? Maybe uh, if, if they can get enough offense from them. Still a lot of unanswered questions, but if I'm the Arizona Coyotes, I think what you're looking at is right now you ask for the moon, but you maybe settle for just getting outside of the atmosphere kind of a thing. And the cap hit on Chikrin, not all that bad. $4.6 million this past year was Jacob Chikrin's cap hit. That is something the Islanders could afford and that also makes him desirable. So those are the pros and cons on, on Chikrin. And as to whether or not the Islanders will be able to go out and get him, I think a lot of it will depend on the asking price and the market. But with his age and his, you know, he, he sort of is in that sweet spot. We know Lula Morello tends to like veterans. We know that Barry Trotz did. We'll see if Lane Lambert eases up a little bit on that emphasis, but Chikrin is still, like we said, uh, 24 years old, and yet he has six full seasons of NHL experience, so he's a veteran, but he's not old, and that puts him in a sweet spot where you could say, yeah, we could count on this guy to play and be in the right place at the right time, but 
he's not going to slow us down. So we'll see what happens with Jacob Chikrin. But right now, uh, the Islanders still looking uh, to make some additions, according to Lula Amarillo, and we'll see how that goes. When we come back, we have our Islanders' birthday of the day. We're a day early, but it is a current Islander. And uh, let's see if you can guess who that is. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. We are, as I said, a day early. uh, But Thursday is the 25th birthday for Islanders forward Matthew Barzal. Barzy. Born May 26, 1997 in British Columbia. Islanders' first overall pick in the 2015 draft, 16th overall. And, you know, he is, <clears throat> to this day, the Islanders' most dynamic offensive player. Won the Calder Trophy in 2018 after scoring 22 goals and 85 points in 82 games. Never matched those numbers uh, under Barry Trotz. And one of the things you got to hope as an Islander fan is that Lane Lambert is able to maybe get a little bit more from Matthew Barzal than what Barry Trotz got. And we discussed that a little bit on the show uh, a couple of days back. So look for that uh, last week. And... uh, we sort of went in-depth as to how that might happen. We're going to go back and look at one of Matthew Barzal's better games as an Islander, April 1st, 2021, at the Nassau Coliseum. Islanders hosting the Capitals. Ilya Samsonov, the goalie for Washington. Simeon Varlamov, the goalie for the Islanders. Washington scoring early. John Carlson, his eighth from Tom Wilson and Connor Sheary. Just a minute, one second into the game. Islanders down 1-0. But then Jordan Everly, his 12th from Uncle Leo, Leo Kamara, and Matthew Barzal at 5-0-2. It's a 1-1 game. Matthew Barzal then goes to work late in the period. His 11th, unassisted at 16.09, Islanders up 2-1. Less than a minute and a half later, Brock Nelson is 13th from Josh Bailey, makes it 3-1 Isles. Daniel Sprong, uh, 22 seconds after the Nelson goal, makes it a 3-2 hockey game. But then, our Islanders' birthday of the day, Matthew Barzal adds his 12th. Eberle and Mayfield on the helpers at 18.53, Islanders. Up 4-2 after the first period. In the second, Casey Zizekas makes it 5-2. His seventh from Cal Clutterbuck as the identity line gets the job done. That goal coming at 3-0-3, Isles. But then the Islanders go shorthanded. Too many men on the ice is called. T.J. Oshie cashes in for the Caps. His tenth from Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom at 6:47, And suddenly... It is a 5-3 game. Jordan Eberle makes it 6-3. His 13th, Barzal and Green with the assisted 808. But with less than a minute left in the period, Carlson gets his second of the game, ninth of the year. Jacob Verana and Daniel Sprong with the assists. We head into the third period, and it's a 6-4 Islander lead. But in the third, 
Josh Bailey, his sixth. From Brock Nelson and Anthony Bavillier at 313. And then our Islanders' birthday of the day. Matthew Barzal closes out the hat trick. His 13th from Josh Bailey and Scott Mayfield at 1854. Islanders win this one 8-4, but for our Islanders' birthday of the day. Matthew Barzal, a career-high five-point game, three goals, two assists. He was a plus five, and he scored those three goals on eight shots on goal. So a five-point night for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And Matthew Barzal, the most dynamic offensive player on this team today, he is our Islanders' birthday of the day. We have got uh, more to come this week as we will continue to look at some of the possible players that the Islanders could acquire via a trade. And uh, I'll tell you, there are some good names still out there. Tomorrow, we'll talk a little bit more about another available puck-moving defenseman. And we will talk about Sebastian Ajo as we continue our player-by-player look at the Islanders' roster. So, we have got a very, very busy off-season here for you on Locked On Islanders. Thanks for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL, from first-round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss— Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. That does it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.